Welcome to the Fangirls Podcast with Danny and Jess. I'm Danny. And I'm Jess. And we're claiming back our power as fangirls one scream at a time. Welcome to our very special bonus episode, Woo! Uh, where you guys get to ask us anything. Not quite anything. <laughs> yeah, anything. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, ask us anything. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got some questions from our lovely listeners and from our mm-hmm. community um, that are very random, but hopefully it will give you all a chance to get to know us a little bit better. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Okay, so let's start off before we head to our questions. Then let's just talk a little bit about our backgrounds, about what got us into the creative industries, okay. and obviously what got us into both of us mm-hmm. being lecturers at BIM University. Oh yes, <laughs> cool. Okay, Danny, so you go first. What is your background? Okay, into the creative industries. Like, what are the areas that you specialize in? How has that led you into lecturing? Things like that. Wow. Okay, strap in, kids. This is a long story. I got a good few years. <laughs> yeah, so I started putting on gigs when I was about 18. I had a boyfriend that was in a band. My best friend was in that band. Um, my boyfriend and I lived together, and so our house became sort of like the hub for all things band stuff. And I tried my hand in school at doing drama and acting and choir and singing mm-hmm. lessons and did drama academies and very much wanted to be a Spice Girl and Britney Spears and, and I managed to get do grade two on the violin before then I had a social that's, life and kind of gave okay. up. <laughs> I was going to say that's cool. <laughs> yeah so I did all the things that I you know creatively and performing. Yeah. I didn't quite take it in quite sort of stick for whatever reason I don't think it was because of my talent um (laughs) but it might have been of the lack thereof (laughs) um so yeah so my I started hanging out with bands my best friend was in a band um and I sort of thought okay well maybe there's something to this then so I started putting on the shows Mm -hmm. um I think it was 2000 and it was either 2006 or 2007 we put on the first Oxjam gig in Wales Mm mm-hmm it was the first year or first or second year that Oxjam were doing these sort of nationwide um gigs and asking people to get involved. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hand at that. And so that was one of the first gigs that I organised. Um and we did it at Tom's Bar in Traforest, which no longer exists but ha- has like we have a lot of good memories there. Aww. Um and it was sort of like you could if you videoed it, you could enter a competition to do different things. So it was really cool. Um, and yeah so that was one of my first gigs and I just like continued on working out of venues really Mm -hmm. in the valleys Um, and I started uni at 18 and didn't know what I wanted to do and did two years of a course that I hated and didn't suit me (laughs) and then I found that Cardiff Met um, were doing a degree in events management and I was like oh my god I didn't realise that this could be 
a job. A thing, yeah. I didn't know. Oh my god, like I can do gigs for a job. <laughs> Hell yeah, sign me up. So I went I went and did my when I did an undergraduate degree in Cardiff Met and during that time there was a lot going on. My mum was particularly unwell and I became a young carer. Um so it wasn't an easy university experience. Mm-hmm. And by the end of what turned out to be four years, because I took a gap year and became a pension specialist for legal in general. Nice. We yeah. love to hear it. Oh my God. Terrible. <laughs> do not sit me at a desk for eight hours and expect me to do any work. I will just have a chat. So I learned very quickly that wasn't for me. And that I literally say is the opposite of working with bands. Like if there was like, you know, like the colour wheel, like mm-hmm. the opposite of yellow is like purple. Yeah. yeah. The opposite of touring with bands is pensions. <laughs> like that is that is it. So I went, I finished my third year and I graduated and my mum was a lot better. And then I realised that I had sort of been out of industry for a while. So I went in with a lot of experience, but I didn't come out with a lot of experience. And I found that there was an organisation in the valley near me Mm -hmm. called the Young Promoters Network. And I thought, okay, that sounds exactly like what I want to be doing. I need some experience. I need to upskill. And I turned up at that first meeting uh, with my CV. And they were like, cool, you can run a venue. And I was like, I can, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've got a degree in events. Like you can, you can run the event. Like that's that's really cool. So we did, um, we did Ponty's Fringe Festival for the big Ponty, which was like this music festival in Pontypridd, and I oversaw the running of a venue and had no idea who who the bands were, who I was working with, and and all these different things. But wow. I stayed. I kept, I kept turning up to every meeting, and I turned up to every gig, and and eventually I sort of ended up as a volunteers coordinator. So oh, I yeah. was. What, I was the oldest of the volunteers mm-hmm. um, and sort of found that I really liked working with the young people and I was really passionate about music and mm-hmm. working with bands and got to be a part of this amazing community and create these friendships um, but also got to do some like really really cool things like we went up to London and we did a marketing uh, strategy pitch to like Green Man Festival oh, that's cool um, I started working with local promoters through the Young Promoters Network this hasn't been said on the podcast I've just said this to you <laughs> is I had like a really sort of embarrassing situation mm. that sort of propelled me onto the right track okay so I'm going to share this with you but it is the most <laughs> random thing you've ever heard okay go for okay. it <laughs> so i attended a funeral for a friend gig got a t-shirt went home finished my degree sat on my bed one sunday and there was a knock at the door and i'm wearing said funeral for a friend t-shirt yeah and i'm sat there literally twiddling my thumbs thinking how am i gonna work in events and this is before i think just before i'd started going um and volunteering with the young promoters network mm-hmm. and there's a knock at the door and I thought, who can that be? Anyway, I, I walk downstairs and there's two Jehovah's Witnesses at my door. Yeah. And the first guy is sort of stood forward and he shows me a booklet and he starts to sort of read off the booklet. Now, I sort of a little bit like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, caught off guard, yeah. Make eye contact with the guy that's standing behind him. Right. And sort of kind of look, give him the eyes of like, help, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, and... So the the guy behind him sets forwards and says, oh, hey, were you at that gig? And points to my T-shirt. Right. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I was at the show. And he says, cool, me too. And my first thought was, what? I've got Jehovah's Witnesses all wrong. I don't think you like <laughs> funeral for a friend. Um, 
you know very young very just like what this is this is two worlds collide yeah um and i was like oh cool and he said yeah i've worked in the music industry for about 10 years and i was like no way i was like i've just done my degree in events management and i want to work in the music industry (laughs) and he says oh cool have you ever heard of greg barton and i'm like I think I've got him on Facebook. He keeps sending me event invites. And he's like, you should get in touch with him because he's a promoter mm-hmm. and he brings all the bands like to Cardiff. And he says, have you heard of the organisation, the business Orchard? And I was like, no, I've never heard of them. And he said, well, they do all the big festivals. They do like the big Ponty and they do all different things. And so they, they bring a lot of like bands, uh, bands to Wales. You should check them out. And I was like, okay, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Like, I was like, this is great. Anyway, so I literally, I got upstairs and I get my laptop out and I'm like, Greg, Greg Barton. So I sent him a message. So this is like the June. Start with the Young Promoters Network. Mm-hmm. Um, start doing a little bit more things. Start like developing my network. Start, I um, volunteered at like Soon Festival. Anyway, I learn about um, with like my two closest friends at the time, Chloe and Sam, um, that there is a meeting for local promoters uh, and they're all going to get together in Club Bach down in Cardiff. Yeah. And we're all just going to, like, talk about what's going on. There might be opportunities to, like, network or, like, find jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we're all sat there and I'm sat next to Chloe and, uh, and I'm sat in between, like, Chloe and Sam. And there's all these other people and I'm like, oh, sort of kind of maybe you know, these are vaguely familiar yeah. to me. Anyway, so John encourages everyone, go around the room and just introduce yourself and just say, like, what you've done. Mm-hmm. So it comes round and like Sam says, you know, I've done this and I'm working with this promoter and I'm like, and I've just done this and now I'm interning at like Merthyr Rocks and Chloe talks about her experience. And then the guy sat next to us goes, hi, I'm Greg Barton and I run Grab Promotions mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's Greg Barton. Oh my God. <laughs> He's the guy that they told me to get in touch with. He's here. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So there's like, I guess a point and we can sort of have a bit of a chat between us and so I fully lean over this table and I'm like hi Greg I know this is a little bit random but do you know any Jehovah's Witnesses because I was at home a couple of months ago and this guy just knocked (laughs) on my door and I said I want to work in the music industry and he said he did and that he knew you and that I should get in touch with you and this guy's face was just like stunned looking who are you at this like (laughs) 20-something, long blonde hair, elder emo kid, just, like, having some sort of, like, verbal diarrhoea because she's so (laughs) uncomfortable. And she... And I just... I kept realising, he hasn't got a clue. He thinks I'm I'm nuts. But I can't stop talking now. (laughs) And I remember thinking, what are you saying? Stop talking. And so after I'd gone, oh, well, you know, even if you don't, it's a really funny story. And I sat back down and I thought... Oh my god, what did I just do? What have I done? Anyway, he sort of knew Sam, my mate that I'd come with, and so he had a chat with her afterwards. And I'm assuming that he just found it a little bit funny because he said, What's your email address? Do you want to come and shadow me on some shows? Oh, nice. And I was like, Yes, being cringe does pay off. <laughs> and that is the lesson I took from that because I have never Ever not more. been cringe since. Um, and actually, yeah, Greg ended up being, I think, my very first mentor in the industry. Oh, amazing. Um, and opened a lot of doors for me and like prepped me for interviews 
interviews mm-hmm. and I got to like gig reps and really cool things nice um, and chat with him and, and different stuff so oh amazing yeah so very very random <laughs> but that's how I that's how I sort of like got in yeah I, I'd worked for a couple of years in industry and I still um, like I still volunteered with the Young Promoters Network I knew I wanted to work at BIM yeah um because actually the students at what you know the young promoters network volunteers they actually a lot of them yeah to BIM. um and i was like oh my god that sounds so cool like why yeah i've gone there um so i knew i wanted to work at bim and i just yeah so i went into education i actually went into education not as a teacher to begin with but as mm-hmm. an enterprise officer that helped young people um start up their own businesses yeah um and then i got a lecturing role and i was offered excuse me some hours um <laughs> here at bim um yeah and it's ever since and that's where that's where i am so i've done i've done a lot the it hasn't been a straight path because of my experiences like especially through touring um that's why my research focuses on the barriers and perceptions to women working in non-performance roles yeah we talk a lot about like women as performers yeah but not necessarily what goes on behind the scene and i was um lucky or unlucky enough to experience that sort of firsthand and mm-hmm. so my career trajectory now is all about i guess empowering young women mm-hmm. and um helping them upskill yeah but also identify what's going on and think about strategies for change um and i say young women um but actually i I want to make you know i want to make it really clear that my practice is inclusive yeah um, and so um it focuses on those that are um female presenting perhaps Mm -hmm. or identify as female or those that are non-binary as well and um, it's just the way it should be yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely i want to make that i want to make that very clear because i have an organization or i did at least run an organization called women um and it was a good few years ago and i think one of the barriers really to that organization continuing on was that we couldn't think of an appropriate name that was inclusive when we when we started to learn that actually this is what inclusivity is and this is what we want to represent yeah yeah it's the, it, sorry yeah. I know that was a long story no it's great great story sorry, the tip of the iceberg <laughs> i told you guys you got a lot of, <laughs> lot of miles on this a part. lot of stuff <laughs> but what about you how did you get your start yours is very different from mine's mine, very it? different so i'm coming from more of a performing aspect um i started very young yeah. so i started when i was 13 okay yeah so like i was it's really interesting because people will look at me i'm 27 now and i'm teaching and i got students who are like similar ages or even older than me yeah and you can just see it all over their faces like why are you teaching me yeah. what shouldn't do you be, know yeah shouldn't it be someone older um but i don't think a lot of them know that i've been yeah since i was yeah. 13 um, so I started off as a performer with my dad and my mum was the manager. Amazing. Um, and me and my dad, my dad was basically like, hey, my, my dad was always in like different metal bands and performing and um, eventually started doing some like cover material on his own. And he was like, oh, oh you you can sing. <laughs> that's oh. that's cool. <laughs> um, I've got just the job for you. I can't quite remember. I remember it was my first gig was a little local pub performance and it was all covers. 
Um, I didn't do a lot. I just did like a couple of things here and there. And then a lot of people were like, oh, that's cool. Uh, look, it was a massive element that yeah. they were like, your daughter's the singer. Like that was a really core element of our brand for a very, right, very okay. long time that it was father and daughter. Um, although oh, this is really disturbing. Some people always, when I got older, people thought that we were husband and wife, no. which was awful. <laughs> it was, that's no, so it much was, about them. I know, it would be like, someone would be like, oh, so where's your husband? And I'm like, excuse me, I'm 17. <laughs> What? And that's my dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, kind of cringy growing up and getting that. Um, but I can't really, I don't actually remember how it got on further than that. Um, I do know is we were called the Thatchers and we did that. We started off as a cover band. It was just literally about getting a bit of pocket money. Um, but we also used to get paid in cider. Nice. Because we were from Somerset. Yeah. Um, and we do like lots of like, it was it's just a little... valid currency in most Yeah, places, it feel. was just like a little village thing. Like we literally just did it to go, yeah, just gig. Dad just wanted me to sing. Um, um, but from that point on, yeah, we did lots of covers. It kind of started developing from there. Um, it was an acoustic rock Americano band. Yeah, like I said, my mum managed. Um, and then we'd move into like full, I th- we used to do like, there was sometimes we did four hour sets wow. of back to back performance. And there were, I spent most of my weekends all through my teenagers performing. And it would go from like one to, there was one weekend we had four gigs. There was a few of those. We had four wow. gigs in one weekend. Um, so it was, it was quite intense. It was definitely wasn't the same as other teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so um well, we spent I was in the park with the yeah, gown yeah, yeah. of Thatcher and we I were just yeah, in I was the one performing for drunk people. <laughs> um so yeah it started off as covers. We were literally like a it turned into a proper function band is the best way to describe it. Yeah. We were a semi professional function band. Um did very, very well. Weddings are great. They pay yeah. lots of money. Nice. Um and then eventually we started writing songs. Um one of those songs was actually written by my younger brother uh for the floods that happened in Somerset so that got put onto ITV at one point Um, so that got taken up Um, but yeah we just started writing lots of covers and then through that we got on a lot of festival circuits Um, and for some reason at the time that type of music did really really well it was you know we had Ed Sheeran and Mumford and Sons going on and I think we really took advantage of those two big things but we were both covers and originals so I think they complemented each other quite well. Um, so one half of us was a function band and we'd tour over the Somerset doing all these different events. And then the other half was more of a cover band. Yeah. And we could do gigs where they were a blend, but we also had gigs up in London and festival oh, right, circuits okay. where they were more for our original music. So I did that. Yes, we did yeah, a lot, a lot of festivals. So the, like, the big ones we used to do was we used to do a lot of the VIP hospitality tents for Glastonbury um so that was pretty cool getting to play the back of the stage of the pyramid yeah. <laughs> was really cool <laughs> yeah um uh there was yeah, a couple of different festivals we did supported some acts we had like Bay City Rollers and Scouting for Girls um it's insane uh, Reef was a big one that we did uh there was just like yeah we were and we would just be like one of the on the little festival lineups with them um always like the little we weren't ever too high up or anything but it's nice, a little bit of <laughs> performance oh, history. We were too high up on the lineup at this festival. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we did that. Started getting some originals out. Started recording a lot of stuff. Um, we did our EP, which was called <laughs> "Falling from Grace." <laughs> That's what it was called. Okay. It was called "Falling from Grace," um, and that was recorded through Animal Farm Records. So we were signed with them for a little bit. I think at that time I was about. 17 wow. I think so yeah. we were 
signed with that label I think for a year it didn't go much further than that um and then I think by the time I got to I think I was I was during uni then my last year of uni so I was probably about 21 Hmm. I think because I started a year later than others yeah um and I went on to do drama and when I was at uni I found that I really liked education because I was doing a lot of drama experience and education particularly workshops that were about social injustice and getting people to think about like cultural theoretical perspectives and using music art and acting as a way to like start communicating those thoughts and feelings um and at that point I you know we all just came to a conclusion with the band I think this could be it so we left the band where it was um so I did a couple for uh female refugees um there was a couple of those workshops were based around food and cooking in Bristol um I then did lots of feminist based ones but I also worked with like really young kids as well and did a couple of those um and that actually led me on to body image facilitating that's where I became really fascinated because I think a lot of me as a performer especially mm-hmm. so much of my stuff has been internalized from being a performer right okay and as I grew up from being a child on stage in front of other grown adults so many comments were made about as my body changed yeah. like the last point of me performing I remember someone coming up to me and like are you pregnant are you now having a <gasps> no. child and I was like no I've I've gained weight. I'm. I've I'm, just become an adult. Yeah, like, like that's my, literally. Yeah, I'm not a child anymore. Yeah. Um. And it was just so. So many people would comment or touch on your body, and yeah. it was. And I'm not. It wasn't a big like we. You think there would be something that would come with a higher status band, yeah. but like even at a lower status band, like yeah, it was. It, I don't know that men would want to kiss your cheeks, or like I've vividly. I the worst memory I have, is I remember being at this gig. And it was an outside gig and this guy, I was singing and I have like a really belty voice. Yeah. I have a big gob as well. I'm very loud. Oh, I've not noticed <laughs> that about you. <laughs> a very, very big gob. And as I went to open my large gob for one note, this guy basically went, I'd love to see that mouth on my dick. <gasps> and I think I was about, I was 17. And oh I'd get those comments God. all the time. And the only way that I could diffuse them was going, this is my dad. Yeah. Like my dad would have to and no, nothing would ever no tension would happen between them two men, but my dad for the, my dad to be like and it wasn't even like she's a child. It would have to be like like no, don't you don't talk to her like that. Yeah. Because she's not like it wasn't it's so yeah. It's a very very it just really impacted the way that I viewed my body for a lot of things yeah. because a lot of people made comments. A lot of people thought they could make comments. Yeah. Um so I think it really had yeah quite an impact on me and I was really interested in going well what if there are other performers female performers who have similar body image issues because it's so so complicated having to put yourself out like that and then being a woman and having to think about all the other things that come with beauty image beauty standards and body image and then the layer of I now need to perform and sell myself including my body in some perspective So, yeah, I came, I started doing some things with BIM on my master's, which was all about teaching. We started doing some workshops together, and then that led me to actually getting work here yeah. as a teacher. They needed someone who could get more ideas on feminism and cultural theory yeah. for a particular module. Um, and that was actually through one of the theatre schools I started off. Oh, okay. I didn't even start off at the BIM, the music one. Um, but then I got brought 
to this one as well. Yeah. Um, the been Bristol, and yeah, ever since. And Here then at a random professional <laughs> development day, I know we got met. assigned a random group. I know, and you sat down next to me. It was magical, and we talked about. Disney. We did talk about we Disney. We talked about the fairy godmother. Yeah. I think I told you you were going to be my fairy godmother, if I remember no, correctly. No, you didn't. I think that was on the line. It, I probably I, came along I was with so some sort scared. of lounge fly bag, didn't I? That's probably what Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think I it think was it that. it might have been an Alice I was so scared. I just came out of such a dark, scary period because I'd just finished my MA and it was all through COVID and I yeah. shaved all of my hair off. You did. Because it stressed me out so much. Not to like do a whole Britney <laughs> moment it was kind but of a also, Britney yeah. moment it was iconic okay <laughs> showed all my hair off so I was just I was just so nervous because I'd never met anyone face to face and oh my god I did everything totally online didn't come across that way at oh, all you so sat scared. down and you were just immediately just so like unapologetic oh, about I remember you sweating are. coming out of the pandemic I really struggled with how much my body changed yeah we're we getting deep now <laughs> I what I didn't know at the time of meeting you is just how unwell I was. Yeah, I think um, a lot of us were in that boat though, weren't we? And you I know, had, thinking about it. I had gone, we'd gone through the pandemic and I had put on some weight and it didn't really bother me. It was really, so I was really active during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the weight was still there. Um, and I know from, so I, to talk about like body image as a teenager and as like as a kid I've always been chubby I've always carried weight I've yeah, never me been too. slim at all and then I got to like 19 maybe and I tried um I'm not gonna say what but I tried like a organized diet plan mm-hmm. um and I I it just fell off it yeah it just fell off exactly literally the same thing happened to me the, the, same the age. first time that I ever really yeah. tried a diet it just it it fell off life changed everything changed uh, I was probably at dancing a lot more as well mm. and developed like I suppose an unhealthy relationship with food but I stayed small I stayed small for quite quite a while or what I would like consider to be small for me compared to like what I had been maybe as like a teenager or something. Mm-hmm. So getting into the pandemic, all of a sudden my body resembled a body that I had as a teenager Yeah, where I didn't love myself, where I didn't yeah. like myself, where I was, you know, only had the ideas of womanhood from Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. And I hated how like round and soft my tummy was. And, yeah. and it really also started bringing up issues around my gender identity as well when it happened yeah. in the pandemic. Yeah, exactly the same. Oh, and when I was bold, it just heightened that even yeah, more because I now I was just like what am I <laughs> what am I yeah I, I honestly it if I think back to like my teenage years we didn't have words like non-binary or if yeah, we did like I understanding didn't the know gender them spectrum. yeah it was just you know it was just one thing and like I've said before I was just a bit of a tomboy and I wasn't very feminine and mm. that was that's how it was but actually like I think I think looking back now I probably would have identified for a period of time at least as non-binary mm. and the more I sort of reflected with that over like coming out of the pandemic the more I realised I hate that gender my gender is the first thing someone sees when I walk into a room yeah and this goes along I guess with all my my research as well about women in industry and you sat down next to me and you were asked to describe we were asked to like describe ourselves and then you would describe yourself and I had to say it oh okay and oh I called myself fat didn't I yeah you did I and called also, myself and I, you were and like but I was like I don't and care I think you also said like 
queer non-binary f- like fat and yeah all these i wouldn't uh, yeah not non-binary yeah i've not um, but i probably said yeah queer i know i said fat and you were like i can't call you that and i was like there's nothing wrong with it i was like i'm fat even though i knew i know that uh, i knew that about other people yeah i couldn't i know i remember you were like i can't say it and i was like couldn't. just say it <laughs> but you so loudly said it and i felt <laughs> so embarrassed that I couldn't describe you the way you wanted to be described because I couldn't at that time yeah I couldn't overcome those barriers in myself and I remember like saying to you and I was like please that wasn't like a personal thing no it's so interesting because I I think I've like really the word fat I've had such a complicated history with it that I've had to work through so many barriers like I am both beautiful and fat they coexist together and I'm I'm exhausted to have to apologize for one of those things constantly to other people when that is just that's been a part of my life now since I was such a young age so if I can just Same. let it go, I, then I, I can get on with other shit now. I am fat. Like, I am. <laughs> like, that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know? Like, and it doesn't, bo- it doesn't bother me as much as I no. probably bother But honestly, like, even... Nobody cares. I'm kind of over the body positive thing at the moment as well. Like, I don't need to be overly... So, like, I probably wouldn't say that now because I'm kind of in this place of yeah. more body neutrality. I'm just here for my yeah. body and what it does for me. Yeah, it just And I just got to respect is. it and I just got to love it and let it do its thing I, day by day. Going through having an illness, so um, for those of you that don't know me very well or don't follow me on social media, I was diagnosed with endometriosis at the end of 2022. Mm. Um, and it was a whole thing. I didn't know that I had been suffering for the amount of time that I was mm. and I'd become like generally unwell and actually probably started to get my most unwell during the pandemic but because we were at home um, a lot of the things like the weight gain and the anxiety and all these things related to my hormone was actually masked because I was working from home and because we were in a global pandemic mm-hmm. so it wasn't until we came out and I didn't get better like everyone came out of the pandemic and it seemed like life went back to normal and they went back to work and they had more energy and they went out on weekends and they lost the weight that they put on in COVID yeah. and I stayed the same I couldn't yeah. leave the house I couldn't leave bed I didn't have the energy um, yeah and eventually that sort of happened like every time mm. I've thought about like my tummy in the last like year and a half I've gone well she's protecting me yeah like it's a it's like it's a completely different relationship where I've gone mm-hmm. this is how I am some of it has been freeing in like it's not all my fault like it isn't actually within my control yeah. and I'm I feel like I'm lucky to have the tummy that I have because there was a time during that diagnosis period yeah. where it was like we think you have cancer and and that you know that's it so, yeah 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 like I don't feel any of those ways like fuck it um, I didn't mean for us to like via yeah the, we went off like, um, we went off okay let's we'll bring it back to fandoms let's bring it back to fandoms okay right before we and get... we know the story about how that happened <laughs> and if you don't go back to episode one but this is deep this is this yeah, is yeah, like yeah we went deep deep Jess and I I think are so similar like I think we have come from totally di- we've come from totally different backgrounds you, I like our relationship so, has like spiraled it's like it's mad thinking about where we were at that original meeting to now like yeah. we like, talk to each, in, did we, we like, talk to each other every day yeah i know i tell you everything i was thinking now. about like it's everything i was I like go wow. off in your inbox i'm like please put me on me but i am it's like bend. so many voice notes isn't it <laughs> i was uh, i sent you a voice note yesterday on instagram just as i was sending them a voice note came through on whatsapp <laughs> from you and i was like this is just i mean this i mean yeah it's funny because we had our like a phone call yesterday and we were like we might as well just ring each other rather than yeah 
We do so many voice notes. <laughs> and I think even yesterday it was an hour conversation we had. What was it? It was an hour. Oh my God. It didn't feel like an hour. I know, but that's good. Yeah. Isn't that the Which point? Which is also why we, we record three hour long episodes yeah. and they have to be kept out. So yeah, before we move on to our followers' questions and mm-hmm. the things that they submitted to us, um, I have a question for us to start it off with. Um, what two fandoms do you associate with the most? Like, if you were, like, to sell yourself as a fangirl and you were like, these are my top-tier oh, fandoms, this, okay. like, what would it be? Well, the first one is obviously Disney. Like, your UPS as a fangirl. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> it actually is. I only express my personality through uh, Disney-themed loungefly bags as well. Like yes, every almost... very specific niche. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about your second? And I wonder if you'd asked me this last week if I would have said... Like something like Yumi at six. Yeah. But actually, I went to see The Blackout on Thursday last week. Oh, have they overtaken? And they have. Yeah. Because. I mean, Yumi six are ending, so maybe it's time for a new chapter. And like The Blackout have been been gone for years and they came back and I wonder if they'll do anything. But I think more than anything, like I walked into this venue and I saw people that I had worked with and bands that I'd worked with and friends from like Young Promoters Network and um, just people that I love. Mm-hmm. And we all stood in that crowd and the Blackout came on stage and I swear to God, the first song, I couldn't hear the band singing because the crowd wow. were all singing so loud. That's very cool. And I just felt like a sense of belonging and a sense of community and I genuinely yeah. got upset about it like voice noting my cousin Lil the next day Aww. and saying like just imagine if this band didn't exist like all the other bands that were inspired by them wouldn't exist yeah. and these bands that I've worked with and friendships that I've made and you know people know me in the community and we all just like celebrate one another and we've had like amazing times together mm-hmm. and so I think yeah, I think I'm. I think those might be the two, and also I feel like that's very representative of two sides of my personality. Yeah, I love but that. But that's a really good question. It is a good one. What about you? Um, I was just literally thinking. Then I was like, Oh no, I'm stuck. Okay, first one is for <laughs> sure, Florence and the Machine. Okay. Oh, I could just make her her my whole life at the moment. But I just love her. I love how magical she is and vulnerable she is, and she's just like this nymph goddess that jumps around so elegantly and I have started to learn that that is so your vibe oh my god I just love it it is really my vibe I've been really thinking about this a lot and yeah. I'm like wow I didn't I'm fully embracing this meadow core thing that I got going oh, right, on right okay. now is what I'm gonna call it um yeah um okay so yeah she's my first fandom she's got like tattoos and that's the most merch I've ever collected and yeah. images of hers and I will get stuff simply because it reminds me of her. It might not even have oh, anything to do with her, but if it's like her aesthetic, I'm yeah. like, that's Florency. I'm gonna have it. Nice. Like it just, I just does something in my brain. Um, and then the second one, I was gonna say Twilight. I don't think it is anymore. <gasps> no, I think it is a Court of Thorn and Roses, <gasps> and I feel like like a basic TikTok girl for saying that. Either way, I'm a basic, I'm a basic girl. It's Twilight <laughs> or Court of Thorn and Roses. Um, so this is interesting <sighs> that what would originally we thought we would be like 
this is yeah 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 it was actually not yeah but twilight the the first book of twilight yeah i'm trying to think how many times i've read it i knew by the time i was in year 10 i'd read it 14 times oh my god and now it's probably a definite another eight times since then which is quite a while ago it's not been a lot of rereads since um and i love the aesthetic of twilight but again a court of thorn and roses there is just something magical Mm. about it anyway we're gonna pause that there okay we're gonna go into our questions okay from our followers okay so first question and this is from Beth. What is your favourite thing about being a fangirl? Mine's vulnerability. I knew my answer straight oh, away to that. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you just did it. With an accent as well. Oh, no, 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 no. You just did it. You were like, oh, I'm blackout and I'm thinking about community and thinking about that's vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you notice, I said, I think I was thinking about all these things and I didn't really tell oh, you how no, I felt. But I love it. There's just something. Florence, I've never had a moment where I just stood there and cried and just like was moved so much and felt so passionate that I couldn't give a flying fuck who saw me that I just cried about this woman singing oh, I mean, I cried and that's the most six. I just think that's the most amazing thing and I haven't stopped crying since the blackout yeah I just think like it's uh, this amazing safe spaces that we feel so passionate to express that vulnerability I think it's I just think that's the, it's just think that's a stunning thing to have. Okay, this is probably like if someone's done psychology, this is probably going <laughs> like okay. So Jess is like, I like the vulnerability. I like the sense of belonging. And yeah, that's equally. I think they belong together. Yeah, I don't like the way you said it though. It makes me feel vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the point. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I think we're, we'll unpack that one later. <laughs> yeah, sense of, that was my second one. Sense yeah, of I, yeah, I definitely think, like, even think about Disney communities and stuff. I just, like, I'm a Disney adult, mm. and most people find that weird. But there's so <laughs> many of us, and I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Okay, our second question. Now, this is a very serious question from Jordan. Oh, shout out to Jordan. <laughs> what are your thoughts... <laughs> On trainer socks. I hate that. I hate that. Um, she said specifically in our chat that she is not a fan of trainer socks. No really? idea why she asked the question, but she is not a fan. And not was specifically in capital letters. <laughs> she is not a fan. She is not a fan. Oh, and she needs Jordan. everybody to know. Um, what are my thoughts on trainer socks? Yeah. Well, when you... When you were on the phone yesterday, I've gone really, I've got, really Welsh, by the way. I've gone, <laughs> oh, I'm from the Rhonda. And so now I'm really Welsh. Um, when you were on the phone yesterday, mm-hmm. I was wearing trainer socks at that time. Okay. So I felt personally attacked by the question, if I'm honest. <laughs> but this, okay, now this is my theory. Because okay. this sock thing brought up a lot. And I know Jordan was like, I'm going to be a little bit silly and ask about trainer socks. <laughs> maybe maybe she wasn't. Maybe though. she wasn't, yeah. I'm going to the doubt. <laughs> But like research on this. This seriously sparked something in me, and I was like, "What if we can identify your fandom with socks?" Now, let me pitch this. Let (gasps) me pitch this. (laughs) Fangirl socks. (laughs) Let me pitch this because if we look at the metal community, right? Yeah. Little old kids, emo elders, like especially. Okay, let me take hardcore punk, hardcore metal. Yeah. Um, those kind of elements. I'm thinking straight away, Vans with pulled up Nikes yeah. Nike trainers uh, Nike socks that's the ones I'm yeah. looking for like or, instantly or Vans sock. that's a that's a thing okay I promise you that's a thing you are not un- you will okay. never unsee that now you will never unsee okay. that I can I promise you that 
<laughs> I just we are not stereotyping <laughs> anyone, by the way, based on their socks just, of choice. I've been thinking about this for so long, and I'm like, and I always think about when I look at people's socks because I'm like, I can tell a book girly with their socks. I, would, I can tell a metal girly with their socks. <laughs> Harry Styles there were so many people with particular type of socks <laughs> that were pink and love hearts so this is my new theory is, is we insane. can find your fandom <laughs> through your socks <laughs> we have to do a pause that's like which fandom are you and... <laughs> send us your socks yeah. and we'll guess your fandom what's no socks what fandom is no socks uh, no depends what shoes oh okay depends what this shoes. has so is it many sandals mm-hmm. or is it trainers if it is fuck off no i can't take it um okay number three did jess sing the intro (laughs) i mean do you want to answer this jess yes i sang the intro go (laughs) no yeah no everyone believes you did i'm a singer I literally came up with the lyrics and I dragged my partner to the studio yeah. and I was like, "Who? my partner is very talented and can do lots of instruments. And I was like, write the rest of the song. <laughs> I'll sing it. No, it's fab, honestly. It's so catchy. It's stuck in my it's head. It's very cheesy. Yeah, amazing. I'm so glad. Like, it is It's fab. a proper jingle. It's a proper jingle. It is. Nothing so for good. you to take serious. It's a good jingle. Except the fangirl revolution is serious. Yes. We march at midnight. And we wear socks. <laughs> um, okay, number four. Describe... Your dream fangirl event. This was sent in also by Amanda. Yeah, describe your dream fangirl event. Do you have an answer for this? Yes. Okay, you go first because I don't know if I... <laughs> Mine would be, I'm in a nice big black ball gown. Your fangirl voice is different to your normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've become like... It's so interesting because all of my fandoms before were about me proving every way possible that I was not hyper-feminine and now I'm like, I'm just hyper-feminine. I just want to be <laughs> this little fairy. I just want to be a little fairy. Uh, but no, my, my dream girl, fangirl dream girl event is I want a nice big glittery black ball gown with some fae, fae is, is what I want to say, mm-hmm. and my hair done really nicely and rolling little dance moves. And it's basically one of the night court balls. I just want, I just want to do the cosplay okay. ball things. Where we all pretend that we were born hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and we live in a math- mythical land with really hot fey men who are really good at sex. That's my life. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and they have wings. <laughs> That's apparently the new thing for me. <laughs> you might be reading that book. We're learning too much. so I'm much. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. I don't know whether to like yours isn't the same as that. No. <laughs> I, do you know, I thought about it, and I, I <laughs> not quite. I don't think it's me. Oh, we're gonna dance together. <laughs> if you want me to come, I'll come. Okay. okay. I, no, I will. I will wear the nice like dresses and yeah. be fancy. I don't know how I feel about. I just really want to do some cosplay stuff. It's yeah. so. It's just yeah, such a weird know, new never, thing I've like, wanted to do. I've never, never really thought about it. Mm. No, not unless I don't know. I've done some Disney bounding before. That's cool. Yeah. So like the first time that we went, I mean, um, I think maybe I've planned to do it on other occasions, but like 
didn't really kind of get round to it. Um, yeah, we did some Disney bounding. So for those of you that don't know, Disney bounding is you can't dress up in costume as any of the Disney characters yes. as an adult at the, Dis- at the Disney at the parks. Disney parks yeah. yeah so you're not allowed to do that because you can't be mistaken for the actual characters mm-hmm. in the park so it's only um, children and like young people to, I don't know what the age limit is but yeah you're not allowed um, to dress up as characters so what the internet and Disney community has come up with is something called Disney bounding where you take sort of like the colours like the yeah sort of oh like the, i have seen what you mean yeah and and so like you would use that, that as to like be an outfit, your outfit. so for instance yeah. like one evening like i've got green a and purple and yeah so i i took with me because it doubled up so i had a green like pencil skirt and yeah. i had a lilac like bralette yeah uh-huh. so that would have been like aerial disney yeah. bounding and then Gareth had to wear like blue shorts and a white t-shirt so and he's like, well, that's fine because I'm not really doing anything. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then the other thing is, is I took the green skirt with a red top and then he had to wear blue shorts and blue top. Oh, Lena and Stitch. Yeah, Aww. so we like, did that the first time that we went. And we haven't done it again. I think like the, maybe in June last year when we went, I actually have like a, a printed Little Mermaid dress from Cake Worthies. So okay. I've done that. Oh, um, So that's as close to cosplay as I've got. That's um, nice. But, you know maybe because actually thinking about like meeting the bands that I love does make me feel does make me feel really vulnerable like I said to you this before like whether they like it or not they've been with me through all the highs and lows in life and I just mm-hmm. like I am I do feel deep and I am emotional and so I, I, I wouldn't want to vulnerable. like I wouldn't I don't want to feel vulnerable like that mm. it makes me feel uneasy <laughs> so <laughs> What I would really, really love to do that's around like a fandom is, and it was something we had planned and then unfortunately we couldn't go, um, is I really want to go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party at Walt Disney World. I like that. Um, So you get to like, you get to like do trick or treating down Main Street and there's all these, that's really They give you a little bag and then they like, they give you like loads of sweets and there's photos um like photo stops that you can have your picture taken um like backdrops and different things mm-hmm. and then they do different a different fireworks show and they have like a halloween parade and so like there's um is it there's daisy um daisy Minnie, and i can't think who the other one is but basically like they have the halloween costumes and then yeah. the sanderson sisters so it's like Minnie Great. and daisy as the sanderson sisters which i think is just okay amazing. yeah yeah yeah. just so like there's like those kind of things as i well. love it so i would really like to do that or to do the one the oogie boogie bash over in california because they do an overlay on the haunted mansion of the night <laughs> before christmas and i just want to see that if i'm nice. honest so yeah that's my that would, that's my it. dream okay um okay Number six. No. Number five. By Rain, is being a fangirl different to having a special interest in a band? I don't know. I don't know either. I was really thinking about this. I suppose it's what you define by special interest. Yeah, I think like the participation that you're doing. Yeah. And when I heard that question, I saw the question, read the question, I automatically instantly thought of quite hyper-feminine associations. Maybe that's it, I was yeah. really thinking about being... And which is so like I know that we're about de like breaking down those barriers, yeah. but I was thinking more in like a positive way of like yeah. that kind of 
and I instantly just thought about something that was hyper feminine, which was really interesting because I was like, well, that's not hyper feminine. That isn't hyper femininity. That's not what that is. That's an action. That's a behaviour. Which so that's that shouldn't necessarily correlate with being a fangirl. That could still be yeah. For so for some reason that was a really weird, I think, course of thoughts that I was having. Um, but yeah, I think it's about the behaviour, right? So is being a fangirl different to having a special interest in a band? Then no. I that's yeah. I think no too, because no. we're just thinking about specific behaviours that showcase an object of desire and like your relationship with it I I think it's very subjective as well isn't it I think I think that's it it's not I mean it's for we define ourselves as fangirls yeah because when others define us and there's a spectrum to that though as well isn't it yeah that's what I'm thinking like if I have a special interest do I feel engaged and like as emotionally attached or is there something like specific in perhaps the music of the artist that I particularly enjoy maybe you know maybe I'm a drummer and they just happen to be an amazing drummer and so I have a special interest in that band because I Mm -hmm. like that drummer doesn't necessarily make me what you you might consider to be a fan for another artist mm. but equally we're talking about the same we are i think talking about the same things because yeah. there's not one way to be a fan or to be a fan girl yeah and you know and not one gender either yeah absolutely really yeah point. yeah and i think it's one of those terms that again context depending who it's aimed at depending on like what we're doing I feel like being a fangirl is really empowering yeah but it can be used in such a like derogatory sense as yeah. well I think it's really interesting I don't think that yeah I don't know if there's a right answer no but um yeah it's interesting to I think and the, the big question really is do you want to define yourself as a fangirl yeah if you like it go and for if you it don't that's cool maybe have a think about why you don't Okay, next question. This is from Zoe. Are there fandoms you were once part of but no longer are? I could not think of an answer for this to save my life. The thing is, I've known Zoe for, I think, 14 years. Yeah. So Zoe probably does have my answer yeah. and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I don't know, Is again, is the honest answer because mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where I may be very much engaged in a fandom at one time yeah and for whatever reason and then i sort of move out of it and into yeah. another there are some times where i am like so obsessed but you can with come back to it yeah then. but i come back to it yeah so i would like i agree i've done the opposite <laughs> where i'm like i don't like this person like now I do. and now i'm a fan like i did that so many times I, I think it's a tricky one i think that like um when we think about when I think about music and I especially think about Welsh music and Welsh bands that we love um you know the there's the blackout there's Funa for a friend mm. there's bullet for my valentine but the next band that I would say would be the lost prophets and of course there's such just the most horrific yeah. thing it it is really hard and I think that the community has done a really good job with I think all so the guys too. that have yeah. gone on to no devotion and have really said like well do you know what like just you know he's that I know there's there's an argument I suppose like of I love this song by the Lost Prophet and mm-hmm. I will listen to her on Spotify and not because he'll get the money but because there are four other members of that band yeah he that's will that's part of our community as yeah. well that they opened the doors for all those other bands mm. and so that's kind of like what I was thinking about with the Blackout and I was thinking about all the other bands that they opened the doors yeah. to and you know like who who exists and who wouldn't and, and everything else and so I couldn't say that I'm a fan of the Lost Prophets but what I can say is like I I 
they do still represent something that's very special mm-hmm. and it and I think on the one hand it is very difficult to separate Ian from that but on the other but then there are four other men that made that band. What, I think that's definitely a driving force if for us to separate it's from It's terrible. And I don't always yeah. like to do that either. And there's this thing of like, but why? Why why do we ha- why do I have to separate? Like they're saying things and they're doing things that I don't agree with, but all because they, you know, made all, all this money. Right. We shouldn't separate. Like if if somebody has done something, we shouldn't separate the art. Yeah, from yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's- and I typically feel that way. I think in this, but, it, but in this instance, especially in a band situation, isn't yeah, it? If it uh, yeah, if it I was, get that. If it was just him, but I think I think you might my, my yeah, my no, I get that. I get really that. Change when someone says yeah, but there are four other men in that band, mm. and you were like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was thinking just then though, like the only things that I have kind of moved away from as I've got older is I used to listen or read or watch lots of things that were mainly about men or sung by men, created yeah. by men four men <laughs> yeah um and as i've got older i don't ha- I, besides frank carter and bring me um and i am doing well and getting on with sleep token at the moment yeah i listen to women i don't listen to i don't i listen to female non-binary performers and artists it's very rare that i listen to men anymore i don't I, I, I don't know what it, i like it's i just can't connect my books always about female focused characters most films i'm watching are female-led and it, that's been a really, I don't know why, but there's been a massive significant shift for me and the yeah. people that I'm, the content that I'm engaging with. And yeah. Interesting. I, I don't think I've ever consciously thought about it, but I think, yeah, probably. I don't like, think I have either. It, it was just a sudden change. And I, I don't, was like, I don't actually know if I. Yeah. I think I did it deliberately once going, oh, I don't listen to enough women. That's kind then, of so, really yeah. shit. And ever since it's like, I, oh, I can't amazing. actually engage with much men now. I like. I don't know if it's lyrical content. I don't know if now I'm used to female voices. Yeah, and I'm finding that something more like soothing in their voices. But yeah, I, I really try. Genuinely, really struggle. I mean, <laughs> last year was like the least amount of music I ever listened to. Like because mm. I was just fully just like podcast, podcast, podcast. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much in like music that was really like grabbing me. I yeah, suppose. fair enough. But I do feel like something has been reignited as well. But yeah. what I put on my playlist for like this year is um, I put. Normandy on there. I put Holden Absence on there. Beartooth on there. Yeah. Um. But obviously, like I put Taylor Swift and Beyonce on there too. Yeah. So that's where I am right now. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I, th- I I don't think I do enough to. I don't do enough to seek out music anyway. My yeah. my playlists are usually like in 2005 to 2007. I go by mood. So everything for me is done by a theme or mood. So I have my witch playlist. I have my Lilith. No way. Yeah, I have a Lilith playlist. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> you said, this is so interesting. I- and everything's done by moves. I don't have yeah. like this band or this genre. It's done... I have a frolic playlist, of course. This is so interesting. I have things like... <laughs> oh, what do I have? Like... I think it's like emo queen or something. Oh, okay. Like all that also goes on there. Yeah, I have. Got, like, I, it's like specific moods that I might, and then that way I can. So Lilith is like very, very dark and dramatic, and because mm-hmm. obviously it's the devil's wife and that kind of obviously. stuff. Obviously, obviously. And then I have my witchy one, which is quite uplifting, but still like this is so interesting. Sultry, I have never categorized music like that. Yeah, and then I have frolic, do, which is just like can, yeah, very. Can everyone bouncy. just comment? Like how do, do you do you playlists? also categorize music like that based on mood? Because I don't. Yeah. Let's move on to our final question then. Okay. Will we ever do fangirls merch? 
<laughs> That's the final question. I actually have a question for you. Okay. This, okay. You had a question. Yeah, we will do fangirl merch. I have oh, way yes. too many ideas. You must have so oh, many. Oh, I have so many. So yeah. you currently pitched two t-shirt ideas, I did, didn't you? did. I'm currently working with some two t-shirt designs. So one that represents Danny, one that represents okay. me. Um, so I'm currently... Working on some ideas at the moment. We need, we need I now things. need fangirl socks. So you were fangirl socks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we now need fangirl socks, and I was yeah also working on some notebook yeah. ideas. But yeah, we have we have lots of badges already. My question is: mm. since we've been doing this, yeah, and we've been talking a lot, you're gonna propose to me. No, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Will you marry me? I, I don't know what Joe is gonna do. <laughs> Take we'll the wedding to... ring off. <laughs> um, no, how? Like the process of reflecting. Has it been positive or negative? Like, how has it been for you? Oh, a hundred percent positive. Yeah, yeah. I've loved every minute of it. It's been amazing. I've never, I've never, like I've said before, like f- f- relationships with women have always been a massive struggle for me. Yeah, like it's so hard, and this is just a very, very natural environment i've like okay i like if anything i couldn't care if this podcast flopped because i feel like i've got to win anyway um don't flop but (laughs) keep listening until we'll bring up the new season soon we swear (laughs) there was some breaking news there jess um but yeah no genuinely like this has been one of the best experiences i've ever had as an adult and like finding community um and again, it's all about vulnerability, isn't it? Like, I know mm. you don't like that word. Vulnerability doesn't I, mean emotional, no, no, no. like in a sad way. The Oh, interesting. Okay, therapy session. Yeah. I, I was going to say, well, it's not that I don't like the word. I don't like the feeling. Oh, okay. It doesn't mean being sad. It doesn't mean being crying. It means having that, like... Are you sure? Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. It means feeling secure enough and safe enough that you can talk about varied amount of emotions, whether that's anger, whether that's happiness, whether that's love, whether that's um, sadness. You, is that really... Why? I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's how I view vulnerability. It's just going, I can be vulnerable right now to show you what I'm actually thinking emotionally. You know I feel... I, I, oh, I see. Because... Is I that feel, not what it is? It probably is. I don't think I've got the healthy Oh, I don't here. know. I don't know. I, I feel like that vulnerability is like, if I'm, you know, it's the potential to get hurt it's always sad for me oh, okay i feel when i can talk about like happy emotions i feel really empowered i feel lit up i feel connected yeah those things don't make me feel vulnerable those things make me all, all those good things that you just said but for, some, for some people expressing their happiness is a, a vulnerable moment yeah I, yeah I suppose yeah from my perspective being vulnerable means like I get I can talk about the hard stuff yeah and talk about the, it's just whatever the, the hard stuff me means to you for some people it's hard to articulate when they're angry for some people it's hard to articulate when they're in love when it's hard to articulate if they're really happy or proud of something you make me cry because <laughs> we're just like trying to find that I find it really hard to say when I'm like sad <laughs> <laughs> it's not I'll tell you when I'm happy you'll hear it um, Danny Bell in every tooth. <laughs> um, I, I don't put that on a t-shirt. Nobody call me that, please. That's just awful. Please cut, cut it, cut it. Um, yeah. So you, this is th- we're being vulnerable. Ugh. This is what it's all about. I feel, I feel vulnerable. I think, <laughs> I think it's been amazing because, like, it's definitely, it's very rare to have this type of privilege to get an adult relationship 
where you do get the time in a very busy work schedule yeah. to put this hour aside. And it's more than an hour. We spend a lot of time together. Yeah. To like do this opportunity. That's so rare. And yeah. it's fucking amazing. I agree. No, I love I love that. I love that bit. I love the um the friendship that we've developed and the yeah. relationship we've developed and the podcast. She is and, gonna propose everything. <laughs> You proposed to me. I'm going to be married. <laughs> you were already married. It's me. I want to do it again. I even have a wedding dress. I'm not. Oh, well, I have one of those. I just didn't end up having the wedding. I die at black. But time. that's another story. <laughs> All right. Um, let's finish it there. Before we finish it, we have another surprise for you. We're doing. You can't even remember the surprise. I was like, we do. We are getting married. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Fango wedding. Um. Okay. So, final surprise for you guys for this season. <gasps> we have one more episode. Dum dum dum. For International Women's Day. We do. And yes, we're inviting personal guest speakers on. We are, which is very cool. Which is yeah. No, I'm actually really really excited about it. I'm glad that we yeah. I'm glad that we're getting the opportunity to do this and that we can like bring people in that are like meaningful to mm-hmm. us and important to us and our fandoms and yeah. Have them so have we're gonna be going over like our relationships. Yeah. How we've the people that are coming on with us how we've built connections, how they may have inspired us or yeah. vice versa, the things that we've experienced, their experience of being a fangirl, yeah. how it might differ to what our perspectives of what we've got going on so far. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. It um, but yeah, coming out next Thursday, Thursday the 7th, um, with our special guest speakers, yeah. all for International Women's Day. Um, nice. Thank you so much for submitting Lovely. your questions, by the way. This has been fun. Yeah, but Jess... Yeah. What are you fangirling over this week? Oh my god, we have another question. Uh, oh shit. Um, oh darn it. Oh darn. What am I fangirling? Oh, darn it. I'm gonna. Oh. <laughs> really oh, f- I am just a fairy. <laughs> I can't possibly answer this. Darn it. I'm on a really Florence stage right now. I'm like heavy in Florence world. Heavy, which is funny because one of her songs is called Heavy. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, like I am fully. In a Florence in the Machine world. Right, what are you fangirling over this week? Okay, I genuinely think mm-hmm. that my neighbours are going to phone the police soon <laughs> if I do not stop playing Texas Hold'em Oh my Beyonce. God, so good. <laughs> I have listened to it on repeat and I oh do this whenever there is a song that I love and I'm just like, I need it to become like a part of me. Yeah. So I just play it over and over and over and over again. I love that. Um, and so it's just been constant. I love that. I still don't know all the words, but it is it is on, and I just, yeah, I am I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed yeah, with this. So it's a good. good. One. That's a good one to say. Well, let us know what you're fangirling over this week. Obviously, you can let us know on Spotify on the Spotify comments. Um, if you're only joining us for this podcast, we have four other episodes, so go check them mm-hmm. out as well. Um, they're on Spotify, Apple Music, on. Amazon Music, but uh, since you're listening, you're probably already on one of those platforms. So there's no point me. There's no point me sending it to that, you. That point where I said I think we're in unhinged territory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, guys, we're gonna wrap it up there in that case, and um, yeah, see you next week for uh, another yeah, bonus episode. Week. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Let me hear you.